Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Recording in progress. What a great <sighs> noise. Isn't, it's lovely having that as an introduction. <laughs> to every, we should have that. Get rid of the welcome to the pro... What is it now? What's the... It's, it's not I, the Propane Fitness Podcast. I'm Johnny and I'm Yusuf. Oh, yeah. I'm teach you how to... So instead... Win Facebook ads. <laughs> we'll replace it with this new safety feature, apparently introduced by Zoom overnight, which Johnny thinks is maybe as a result of a lawsuit <laughs> that's happened. So I've always thought this when we do Zoom calls with people, you can just start recording it. Like you've just started recording this and obviously I was given the, this meeting is being recorded, but normally I wouldn't know. And so... You could also is, just is mute, you could mute your mic, you could turn the, the sound down. Like surely the better way to do it is it flashes up, flashes up on your screen. Started recording. Panic, panic, panic. warning, warning. Warning. Put your penis away. Like that guy who caught got caught masturbating on a Zoom meeting. Oh yeah. Have you seen that? When like so he, he hosted the meeting. Then he thought that his camera wasn't on. And he's seen like coming back over with a box of tissues and lube and stuff. And oh no. Team team meeting with all of his colleagues. So it makes you wonder whether it was deliberate then. Whether he was just trying to like a bit of an exhibitionist. But it's hard to know. Yeah. Would you rather spend the night in an aquarium or in a botanical garden? A botanical garden. (laughs) Well, uh, no, because it would be cold, wouldn't it? Aquarium would be heated at least. Why would a botanical garden be cold? Because that's what's good for plants. Uh, I just assume at night. I suppose like they've, they've got to like. When you're in a botanical garden, it's only warm because it's a conservatory and it's sunny during the day. Mm. But at night, it, <laughs> it'll be freezing. So it has to be aquarium. Because you think and, that'll be heated? And you'll have the, like the whale sounds putting you to sleep. And I, I, think, I think fish are probably pretty damn good at being cold. In fact, I think it's probably one of the best things that they do. Well, if, if you would look at a fish's CV, it'd be like... Why should we hire you? Well, minute swimming. Great. I'm cold constantly and it doesn't bother me. I get all my own food. I have to catch it all. I, I, I swim after it. I kill it. I catch it. I feed my, my kids and my family with it. I avoid all the predators. Like I have to constantly deal with sharks. And obviously, like I, I'm able to sort of manage myself and manage my, my school. What's a big, is that a group of school. fish? School. It, it, that's an amazing CV. Like I, I think we should hire a fish. Like they, they don't even ask for much do they what fish would you hire hire any fish so in terms of uh what what i've been watching recently is a bit of the blue planet deep sea creatures the ones that are like a couple of miles deep 
into the into the sea like at the very bottom of the known sea in complete blackness and they have like they can produce light or they can electrocute their their enemies or like there's the the, the sea toad <laughs> the blob thing that just sits at the bottom of the sea like even the amount of pressure that it has to sustain is <laughs> incredible yeah i suppose you don't think about that do you like the tons and tons of pressure and just it just looks completely head. chill like it, it would it's just you know, fine it would kill any human <laughs> even like a, a even a couple of hundred meters deep instant death for a human so have you ever gone to like the bottom of a really deep swimming pool like a three meter deep swimming pool and your ears go you ever had that yeah so then imagine a hundred it, it would just be mad like your toes I mean, are just fine so you'd hire a sea toad because they're just resilient they're really patient but it's tempting to say like oh, i'd hire a great white shark or whatever but i i, I think they, it would just get ahead of itself wouldn't it the, like you'd give it you'd give it tasks and it'd be like well i'm not fucking doing that i'm a shark like i want more to do it might try and eat us as well yeah they're absolute psychopaths <laughs> big beady-eyed psychopaths <laughs> Would you rather live the rest of your life as a monk or be followed continuously by paparazzi? Oh. Good one, that, isn't it? Yeah. I have to be monk. Really? Because out of those two options, which one, like, what, what's everyone looking for at the end of the day? Like, happiness. You want, you want some peace. Monks are pretty high on the happiness index, I think. Mm. whereas you're you're guaranteed to not get any peace if you're continually followed by paparazzi the trouble with the monks and the happiness thing is like because they've just given up everything to become a monk obviously they're going to say selection oh, bias like how do we know that a monk's just like fucks I, I shouldn't have done this this is a what a total waste of time this is <laughs> like i yeah. take my widescreen tv and netflix any day hmm well, like amongst objectives, probably not. So the, the closest I've had to that is I've met a monk. So in, this was I went to the there was a local monastery um, in the northeast, and I spoke to this guy, like chatting to him. He was he was kind of just traveling around, and he was he was visiting the, that monastery for a couple of days. Then two years later, I went back, and the guy was there as a monk. So he. In that in that in between time, he'd ordained as a monk, and he'd been there full time for about eighteen months by that point. And I was like, "Are you happier?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm just like I've just got such like the number of thoughts that I have has just reduced by like ninety percent because of the meditation that monks do." Yeah. Again, it's difficult, isn't it? Because that so there's a guy who's devoted two years. 18 months, one, yeah. 18 months to one I mean, he'd, thing. he'd been a meditator before that, but... Okay. It's, yeah. What I'd like to speak to is the monk who's no longer a monk. Yeah. Well, headspace man. He's now CEO of a yeah. big old... Hands in the arm. Andy. <laughs> Resting on their legs. He's very relaxing. If nothing else, he's an extremely relaxing man. Speaking of which, we are going to talk about how to manage a client who is too big for their boots, basically. That's very well put. Too big for their boots. Mm. This has kind of come from 
several examples that we've seen over time. And if you're listening, you will, you will see these kind of people in gyms everywhere constantly who essentially have got less than a year training progress under their belt. And yet they're trying to implement all of the advanced concepts that they see online. And I should say to, to, to begin with, like, this is not intended to be making fun of, of these kind of people. I like, I think unfortunately this situation is just an outcome of the mismatch of information and the way that fitness marketing happens online, but it produces a very silly outcome. <laughs> and yeah. it's something that you as a coach have to take responsibility for with those people and bring them back to earth. Well, I think the people that it most often affects this syndrome is people who are very, um, like they really care about their fitness progress, whether that's like strength or fat loss or whatever. And so they start researching it. And because there's just hours and days and years of information to consume online, there's no, there's no like great filter, no category no library on the internet that says, oh, well, if you're only starting out, then I would only look at the following websites and I would only look at the following videos. It's just all available for you to go through all of it at once. So people, there's no way of them knowing, well, how much of this is relevant? Like how much of, of, of all these concepts and articles and these things that I could be doing, how do I know that, is it either, either, either I need to do all of it or some of it? Like what should I be doing today? And so what often happens is someone will come to you and ask for your help because they've probably decided that there's too much information. They don't want to filter it through them themselves. Come to you for help, and they say, "You know, I'm doing five day a week, five day uh, five days a week in the gym. They're usually using some pretty advanced training concepts. Their, their nutrition's probably quite complicated. They're probably spending a lot on supplements, and they think the reason that they aren't making progress is due to a lack of complexity, and it needs to be made more complicated than they need to be doing." It's additive in every way. So how do you tackle that problem? Yeah, and this is it. And I think you've nailed it there that the they are a function of going online, searching how to gain muscle. Oh, now, <laughs> now, and what what ranks highest is the result of the arms race of different fitness writers and YouTubers and everything trying to make things as like flashy and complicated as possible. And if there's one thing personal trainers love to do online, it's to try and sound clever by using lots of advanced concepts and terms and things because the basics are boring and it may not even be trying to signal, it might not be trying to, trying to sound clever, but it could just be that once you're beyond a certain point of training, the basics are kind of so obvious that you don't think to articulate them. And so you jump into the the more advanced stuff, and as a result, just you went, on the, sorry, what's this? I was I was just looking at the top hit on Google for um, how to build muscle or how to build muscle now, and it's a men's health article with like ten tips, and the first tip is to maximize muscle building. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> top tip there but it's so it's like i mean they're not wrong protein and then eat more and then there's a there's a nine step formula and then you've got to work small not big so it's multi-joint movements and you've got to do those heavy and then you've got to um 
have a protein shake with that contains six grams of essential amino acids in 35 grams of carbohydrate and then don't always go hard but but also train heavy but I, not isolation movements and always big movements but don't overtrain and then always have carbs after your workout but then also make sure you're eating something every three hours make one snack be ice cream and have milk before bed I mean, that's not, that, the thing is that that's not even too terrible. It's a little bit in the weeds, but as far as an article goes, if someone does those 10 things, they're not going to get too lost in the specifics, but. Unless they're just in a calorie deficit the whole time. Oh God. Well, yeah. I mean, that <laughs> tip number one should be <laughs> make sure that, yeah. So I think luckily there was a guy called Mehdi who, um, oh, God, yeah. Who, who just basically saved a lot of the online world from getting caught in the weeds. He set up a website years ago, got in there first. It was just like a blogspot website called Strong Lifts. Most people will have heard of this. And it was, he nailed his audience. He was like, right, there's a lot of, a lot of fluff out here. You need to do five sets of five with these movements, train three times a week and eat some oats. <laughs> Yeah, and it was, it was just so simple and leveled the playing field. And I think that it limits the amount that people can get um, caught up with. Or if they were going to get caught up with it, you know, you get the kind of obsessional types. They would fuss over their squat technique, which is fine. Like that, there's there's worse things to fuss over. So, from that perspective, like what you're saying there is, if you get someone who falls into the wrong information source, if it's men's health, they might just you know have that miss some of the basics because they haven't got the calories in place or if it's something uh something like west side barbell or dog crap training or something that's like designed for advanced lifters your job as a coach is to deprogram them from all the extra fuss before you give anything new and that's going to be a a bit of a wrestling match because they will come to you saying well, I need to add in more stuff. Like what, what's the extra exercise I should do? Like what should my RPE be? What should my percentage percentage be for the next training block, my, my next mesocycle? And using all these terms and you're like, right, let's, let's just take a big step back, shall we? And big breath. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a symptom of the marketing that they've been presented with or like the information they'd be presented with so there's no one stopping them googling and looking whatever they want there's no way of processing that if you don't have sort of the the lens with which to view that information it's very hard to know well what's accurate what's inaccurate what's relevant what's not relevant so they take bits that seem interesting they take bits that seem like the golden nugget they'd be missing build something themselves try it for ages it doesn't work and they arrive at you with this kind of collection of thoughts so a lot of what we talk about in the marketing that we teach is where you, if you take that person and you just give them your program and your program is, so for us, like our program's pretty simple. A lot of our programming is pretty simple. Um, a lot of our nutritional advice, pretty simple. If someone's not expecting that, if they're expecting the secret black ops program that we've always kept secret and they don't get that, they'll be like, well, what have I paid for? So you've got to sort of educate them from the first touch point that this is what, this is the way you do things. But I think the way that I've always communicated with clients who like think they're more advanced than they are is you need to have these sort of waypoints or progress points of like, so it's usually easiest for most people we coach some kind of strength metrics. So look like if you are less than a one times body weight 
bench press, for example, you don't need any of the following. Or if you're, I think you said offended like half the internet by saying if you'll have less than a, what was the what was the number you gave? Um, twi- I think it was a twice body weight squat or a hundred kilogram bench press. But that was more bench for- press. I, I really agree with. I, I think the other one was maybe a smidge high, but I, I think the point remains. Like it's, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> what the number is? Yeah, I, I, I mean the the reason I offended the internet was because. I said, you have no business calling yourself a strength expert. If yep. you, um, but but in ter- but, but it's the same thing applies. Yeah, in terms of getting ahead of yourself with your own training, that if you're benching half your body weight, there's no advanced tactics that are going to get you to one times body weight. Yeah, you and just those, need those... To bench more. <laughs> yeah, and it and it'll be the basics that get you to that to the next stage. And it doesn't have to be strength metrics. Like if you're if you're coaching someone that doesn't care about their strength, there'll still be metrics and rules that you can have in place that sort of just basically, if the, if that's the framework and someone's in this category, it's like, all right, well, I, I'm too basic. Like the numbers, the data say that I'm too basic for any of this to be relevant yet. And you can't and, really argue with that. And that, that's a great, it's a great thing as well. It's a whole load off your mind. Like everyone's had a client who's 35% body fat and is worrying about how many grams of BCAAs they should be having you know, in their intra-workout shake. And you can be like, look, save yourself the, the headspace and don't worry about it. Have some boiled potato before your training program. Fill you right up. <laughs> Stop eating so many crisps. And you'll, and you'll make great That's progress. Doctor-approved nutritional advice is have some boiled potato and stop eating so many crisps. That should be the headline. We should write an article of just that piece of advice. What I find amazing, actually, is that on the satiety index, you've got crisps on one end and boiled potato on the other end. Potato is a great example, isn't it? Because even boiled potato, you've got the, the dry... No butter, like just dry boiled, like I think of a dry baked potato. Like try and overeat that. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, get, gain linearly gain weight while only eating dry baked potatoes. See you in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you take the dry baked potato, or you take the potato, do loads of weird stuff to it, and you've got like Doritos. They're delicious. Yeah, it is insane. <laughs> What's your favourite crisp? Cool original Doritos are pretty good. Chipsticks, I've recently fallen back in love with. I I realise both of those are corn corn snacks and not. Um, yeah, that's okay. But I think people get the point, don't they? Chipsticks. You'll Brain definitely. Salted? I think you can only oh, get yeah. salt and vinegar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're great, aren't they? they... <laughs> They're a real they classic. Corn? Maybe they're... They're a maize and potato snack. Ah, uh, okay. A mixture. Might get some. Similar kind of consistency. £18.90 for a single 37 gram bag on Amazon. Is that worth it? I don't think they're that good. To pay £18.90. Amazon's got some weird prices for, for it's food. The second, the second hand market on there, isn't it? Because it's someone who's sat there with a bag of chipsticks thinking, or you could do some, get some cash in. I'm going to have to show you something, and this will only be appropriate for the, the, the video trailer. Oh, God. This, anything could happen here. It, 
Can you see? Okay. Are those love hearts? Fizzes. Fizzes. So, and what are the what are the other things? I just got a big box of like retro sweets, rhubarb and custard. Vanilla, oh, firm bananas. Wow. There's a website called like oldschoolbritishsweets.com or something, and everything on there is a pound. And so I just went a bit nuts. So the thing is, I think, for, so there'll be, there'll be people who I would really get on with that'll be watching this thinking, how the hell does Yusuf manage to sit next to a box of sweets like that and not just put away the whole thing? Last so, week, so, so I, have, I have a story that explains this and just puts this in, in context. So last week we went out for dinner for the first time in a year and I was sat next to Yusuf's housemate and Yusuf's housemate, Mike, who's a propane protocol client, great guy, told me a story that explains all of this, explains how Yusuf's able to do this. I don't think you know what I'm going to say, do you? I don't think so. <laughs> he described a situation where he saw Yusuf come out of the kitchen holding a miniature magnum, went into his room for a bit, and then came back out of his room. So this is a... I don't know how big how big Magnum like it's not a mini mini one is it the mini mini one no no but like okay yeah, like a like a, like a small to medium sized ice cream what what happens to a Magnum after sort of the politically correct world gets a hold of it basically? yeah the like I'm offended world gets a hold of a Magnum <laughs> and it has to get halved in size so so he'd eaten half of it put it back in the packet and then back in the freezer. Now, that's either immense self-control or you're always just riding the, like, your satiety is just perfectly balanced on, like, single-digit body fat, isn't it? The whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have got the unique ability to go and, like, oh, I'll just have half a square of dark chocolate. Oh, very nice. And I'll put that back in the drawer. (laughs) Whereas I think there's a talent that you and Mike share which is the ability to just put away food. Yeah. And I think it's helpful in certain circumstances when your training volume's high. Famine. And famine. Yeah. <laughs> or an impending famine. Yeah. I mean, if, if there was a news, like news tomorrow, is like, there's going to be a big famine. You'd be in, like, right. Yeah. So like I have, I have a mode that I can access. That I ha- It's basically saying, look, right, all the progress that I've been working towards weight loss wise and the way that I feel my sleep, my, like my skin, my like headaches, all these things, I'm just going to accept. I'm going to feel like shit for the next week, but I can just turn the dial, especially if I've been in a calorie deficit for a while and someone says you can eat as much as you want. Look out. <laughs> Lock your <Yeah>. doors. <laughs> but anyway, that was just, Related to the sweets, I thought it was an interesting story. There's no way I could eat even a full size mag, half a full size magnum, and put the rest in the freezer. It was putting the rest in the freezer that intrigued me the most. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, Mike always has a go at me. With, like with yogurt, I'll have like half a pot of yogurt. Oh no! And he'll be like, Yusuf, like 500 gram pot is my absolute minimum serving size, and that's just because yeah. I finished the pot. So, so that's uh, one of the ways I control my food intake is by just only dealing in packs packet sizes yeah it's that's a very smart move 
sort of. It's I'm kind of like at the at the mercy of whatever the pack. So if I have a kilo of yogurt, I'm going to eat a kilo. It's going to get done, whether the, I want to or not. That's that's what's going to happen. So the, I think this is the danger of small foods, isn't it? So like, if you had crispy M and M's before, yeah, they're great. The blue ones, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way what you you could be halfway through a packet, but if you didn't, if you couldn't see how much you'd eaten, you'd have no idea how many M&Ms you've eaten. Well, the, all those are is they are engineered to be not satiating and very easy to consume. Just little bastards, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah. Delicious, delicious little balls of sugar and fat. I, I honestly think, fantastic. I think this is why, um, like nurses have become a lot fatter over the years. Like this is a, there's like a trend of healthcare workers, but particularly nurses, um, gaining weight over the last like 40 years or so. This isn't just like your, what you've seen. Like, the, the this isn't my bias. This is, right. yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I, it, hospital shops are just full of like quality street and M and M's and all that kind of stuff. And when you're working long shifts and your cortisol is quite high, your appetite dysregulated, you're sleep deprived, you just want quick access to something. And there's always a naughty drawer that's got like thank you cards and quality street and a bunch of a bunch of sweets and stuff quality street as well like they're small aren't they but each one will be 100 calories probably (laughs) like up towards that it's like before you know what's happened you've put away a thousand calories chocolate filled with like raspberry cream or yeah some yeah if you were to look if it was just a jar of the raspberry cream and you were to look at the calorie contents you'd be like how have they fit that into this jar but yeah. yeah how did we get onto this Sweets. <sighs> Sweets. Nutrition. Nutritional advice. Muscle gain. <laughs> and clients getting ahead of themselves. There we go. <laughs> well, we got ahead of ourselves with that. Hi, I'm Jason, and I recently completed the seven-day on-ramp course for online coaching with Propane Fitness. One concern that I had before starting the course was that I don't really have much in the way of a social media following. I spoke to Johnny before enrolling, and he assured me that as long as I had some kind of social media following, I could utilize the tools and techniques. The course was excellent. I found it helpful, engaging, and insightful. It also kept me accountable, logging in for the lives each day with Johnny, and then having work to do afterwards. It meant I went and got it done and actioned the advice. So by the end of the week, I've gained three paying online clients, and that's having little to no social media following, As well as those clients, I've come away from the course with a newly instilled confidence and clear direction of where I can take my online coaching business in the future. I highly recommend signing up for the course and thanks again to Johnny and Yusuf. The... Oh, that was it. It was, it was, um, I I remember. So it was like strength benchmarks. And then you were saying everyone knows someone who has like, um, it was potatoes, satiety. Wow. Great potato crisps, and then I said, "What was your favourite crisp?" And then that was it. We're off. <laughs> but yeah, so having having like a framework of you know, if you are it, like training age is a really good one. Sort of doesn't really matter what you're teaching, whether it's kettlebells or yoga or um, muscle gain, weightlifting. Really loud siren going past the window just <laughs> as we start recording. Um, if someone's like, "Oh well, I've only been doing this six months," only the following things are relevant. And, you know, that, that kind of self, it, it puts people into the right bucket quite quickly. It usually does. Yeah. I know Mike Isretel 
says that he no longer uses training age just because you can you can't have the odd person who has been on paper training for ten years yeah, coming in outliers. doing curls with the same weight and still yeah. swinging them around and not making any progress. But you would hope that if someone's been doing something for that long, like there is a self correcting mechanism in there. Well, because uh, I would I would say that probably the biggest driver in what we understand to be a waste of time and not a waste of time is training age. Like it's the number of things we've experimented with. So you know, someone says, "Here's a decade." Try and do this thing. Try and achieve this outcome. Yeah, if so you're this a is rational person combined with with our meant our personality of just like running into yeah. loads of different walls until one seeing of them, which one falls over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right because there are there are equally people who have been training for a year and a half who might actually be quite advanced, who might just be naturally genetically very strong or have very large amounts of muscle mass or, or whatever. It makes me so happy when when I see that when you see like you know you get some people that just out of nowhere they just go from like sedentary out of shape to just amazing shape and quite advanced and it's because it's usually people like mike actually who don't mess about like they they pick a program they're usually very intelligent because they can they can look at a a gestalt of a entire field and say here is what i think is going to be important and here's what to discard because they've probably made that mistake in other other worlds in their life and they've you know in other other fields they, they realize that actually there's probably advanced stuff that doesn't need to be done and then they they just try hard in the gym and i think there's something to be really said for that there's a lot of people in the gym who you see not making any progress and that and they may be the same people that are caught up with the kind of advanced concepts but the thing that's missing they're just not trying very hard and i know that's a bit of an unpc thing to say no i completely agree with you but (laughs) who it was i think it's jim wendler who has a has a a thing about this because one of the one of his one of the ways he one of the reasons why he created five through one and the way that he created five through one is you can't at a certain point you cannot keep doing the program unless you try really hard (laughs) like you might be able to yeah you you might be able to do like six months a five, three, one, and leave the gym every time thinking that was okay. But one of the rules is if you don't hit the the number, you have to reduce the weight. And so it, it's the it's the week where you're worrying from Monday to Friday about Friday's squat session and whether you're going to hit five reps or not. And the only way to hit five reps is to fully open the taps and just go for it. The um, the running equivalent of five, three, one as a program is get a steamroller and you set it at two miles an hour and your job is just to run ahead of the steamroller for a year (laughs) so you can be like oh well sweet i can walk you just made that up yeah that's incredible (laughs) because you're like well no problem like easy and so you can you just walk at two 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 point one miles an hour or, or two miles an hour exactly in front of the steamroller and you're like brilliant but if you start to slack 1.9 1.9 miles an hour <laughs> you're in trouble you're in trouble so what would your strategy be i think you'd have to just pick your your maximum speed that you can run consistently at and just stay with that but if you start slacking steamroller is going to catch up and I, that, I guess that's why you've got to keep looking back and being like is the steamroller getting smaller or bigger in the distance. I think I would test because there'll be an, there'll be an optimum 
speed that allows the a certain amount of distance and yet the shortest recovery time to still get back up to the maximum speed. Yeah, because you, you don't want to sprint, do you? Because you've also then... Well, because you can't maintain it for long enough. Because it's, it's, it's not about speed, it's about distance, isn't it? To keep away from the steamroller. It's tortoise and hare, isn't it? Yeah. But 531 is, you know, I think I did 10 months of 531. And it, it is very much that that... It was accidentally one of your most popular videos on YouTube. It is, yeah. It went, it went, nearly went well as viral as some of our videos ever gone. But um, you you start off and you think, oh, you know, it's exactly there. I was like myself. I thought I was too advanced for it. So like, you start off and the first thoughts are, um, I'm not going to use my training max. I'm going to use my actual max. I've set the max is too low. There's an entire paragraph in the book from a man who squatted a thousand pounds saying, do not under any circumstances do this. Well, but I I know better than Jim. And then the second one is, oh, I don't need deloads. I'm just going to run cycle after cycle. Again, there's an entire paragraph from a man who overhead presses a hundred kilos for multiple reps (laughs) saying, do not under any circumstances do that. And so, but like both of these things are built into the program to create longevity, to but that, that's why that, and that, that's another example of a program that just cut through a lot of the noise because someone who thinks they're really advanced, you put them on five through one, they get, they realize quite quickly how not advanced they are. Yeah. Um, they get humbled by it. And so th- there's always rational, uh, rationalizations. Like I think for us, it's because we're wanting to just push ahead and try and yeah. try and do what, what's harder. Um, for others, it might be pride or what, what, whatever it is. But I think your solution there, <clears throat> another loud vehicle going past, thanks very much. Um, <laughs> another, the, the the thing that you mentioned of having objective criteria that are laid out in advance, it's quite hard for someone to argue with, particularly if it's something like percentage of body weight lifted, something that someone can't cheat their way out of by being like, ah, oh, well, but I'm heavy or I'm light, so I, I don't fit, you know... Um, Yes, I've only got a 65 or 67.5 kilo bench press, but I only weigh 70, so it's okay to be advanced. Like, no, no, no. Mm. Like, <laughs> these are the criteria. Yeah. And if it's out in advance, then there's no, there's no insult. The client doesn't have to take it as a personal attack. It's just like, don't worry, you'll get the best gains, best bang for your buck by focusing on these. And then you can have a graduated system where it's like, if you have all these things covered, and you're doing them consistently and you really want to like turn up things another notch, then okay. You can worry about level two, the the second layer of stuff mm. like your, I don't know, your rep tempo or um, the, the kind of details that for most people are not really a concern. Yeah. And you can have the same thing for um, like someone worrying about. So on the like, nutritional side, <clears throat> if someone's worrying about, supplementation it can be like well do you know your total calories total protein or even like how many hours of sleep are you getting and these these sorts of questions because again if it was something that um eric helms said to me when i i did I had like a video reply from him and i was asking him about um i was actually asking him it's embarrassing actually looking back at it asking him what he thought about car backloading whether there was any merit in it um and i was actually hung over at the time of the mm. um of sending the message and you just presented back to me, like, look at look at what you're asking me. Like, there you are sat, sort of having been out the night before, dr- drinking loads of alcohol. You weren't able to train today as a result, and you're worrying about car backloading. Like, do you see how... 
And it's why he created the nutritional pyramid, right? Yeah. Like it's how do we order all these things we could do? How do we put them into a framework where we can all see a logical progression of what's important and not relatively speaking? And that completely changed the the way that the industry, I mean, the number of times that that pyramid's been plagiarized by people, and yeah. which, which is great because it's, it's had a ripple effect on the industry. Um, the, the, the funny paradox of that is that if you do follow all the basics really well, you're not going to be a beginner for long. Like if you are getting seven plus hours of sleep every night and you are lifting and trying hard in the gym three or four times a week and you've got some kind of progression model and you're eating enough calories for your goal, the the beginner phase is going to, is going to last less than a year probably. Yeah. And, and then by that point you actually do earn the right to worry about the other stuff. So it's kind of a case of staying stupid, which um, Johnny's done a podcast on a few years ago and it still holds true. I still link people to that quite often. Um, <laughs> And I suppose the, the final thing I wanted to mention here was that, as with most things that we talk about, there are parallels between training with fitness and operating your business. And we have definitely fallen prey to the, the trap of this getting big for our boots thing with fitness and with business. And in the past, we've tried to go for really advanced kind of funnel marketing tactics and trying to get... I mean, luckily, we... We recognized that it was happening, I think, earlier than... <laughs> yeah, um, than well, because you spot the parallel, don't you? Yeah. You, like, oh, you're like, oh, hold on, yeah. spent the last decade making this mistake, better not do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the, the, the more that you just go back to doing the basics well in your business as well, the more success you're going to have. And sometimes we have people who we work with, personal trainers or coaches that we're helping to build their online business, that have got this syndrome and once it's pointed out to them usually people who run a business are very keen to to make changes and to, and, and so they're, they're very happy to to have this feedback but just bringing everything back to the basics and doing it well and it opens up a lot of bandwidth it opens up a lot of productivity because there's no longer 10 products and 10 funnels to have to worry about once those people bring things back to a single method for lead generation single method for closing those sales, a leveraged way to deliver coaching, to handle the the capacity of all these new leads that are coming in, all these new sales. And things just go much more smoothly for them than when they were scattered about. And, you know, this just, it's just because we've made that same mistake ourselves. We've, we've previously worked with a coach who had us operating like headless chickens <laughs> And it was when we stopped working with them that we were like, oh, actually, we've maybe caused a few problems for ourselves here. And you have to watch your own sort of the disparity between the advice you're giving your fitness clients and the sort of the, the way you're thinking yourself. So it's quite normal that we'll see someone post, you know, reposting like the James Clear 1% compounding graph, but that same person thinks their business is going to be built in three months time. And you're like, well... Why, like, why is it any different? Like, I know it's one's financial and the other one's like biological, but it's still the same thing. Like, it's the same 1% rule still applies of like basic stuff applied daily over a long period of time eventually compounds into something really impressive, but like, it's not going to be impressive tomorrow. I would probably say that the 1% compounding is going to apply much more with financial mm -hmm. inputs than it will with biological ones. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's yeah. You can't keep getting one percent stronger, but you can you can increase your sales online by what? Well, but I mean, it, you, yeah, you, the, the limitations are are much higher up. I agree. Yeah, and I th- like there are so many parallels between the two um, sort of parts of the same industry. I guess like the probably what what a lot of people listening will spend a lot of time talking to their clients about is why the latest thing that an influencer is promoting is not necessarily a good idea because it violates or it's not respecting the basic principles. Mm-hmm. And this is some, what we talk about a lot of, you know, the, the high ticket world is pretty new. Like it's since online coaching has become more trendy and more people have been trying to do it. And so how do you sell something while well, you make a big promise and you imply that it's easy? No, nobody wants hard and difficult that takes a long time. Like nobody ever wants to buy that. People want to buy big, huge result that's outside of what you would normally expect. So abs or seven figures, and they want it without the five years of consistent dedication to training and diet or building a business using the basic principles of supply and demand and why people <laughs> purchase something. So like it, you know, whenever you're, because the industry is so similar and because a lot of people listening are in a position of advising others, you are falling for the same kind of, I guess it's bias that causes these, us to make these sort of irrational, faulty decisions. You're probably making the same one in on the business side of things. And as Yusuf says, like the, the the two are so similar in terms of how you reach a result that's impressive. So, just making sure you're staying consistent. Yeah, it's when you start seeking out things that are no longer big promise that are um, easy and happen quickly, and you go, oh, actually now I'm looking for the method that is difficult, takes a long time, but it's simple. Mm. And that's always a, once you're like, oh, now I'm actually consciously looking for that, you realize that you fully got a handle on that bias because you know to discount any of the the quick fix solutions. Yeah. And the in the same way that the people who join a gym in January on like the 21-day um, sober January detox vegan plan, also aren't the people who are still doing it in October and the people who think it's like high ticket business by, you know, in eight weeks time, fast forward five years, they're not operating anymore. It's no coincidence. So one of the things we filter out on applications into propane business is like, we'll just ask like, where do you expect this will be in a year's time? If someone says like hundreds of thousands of pounds, like unless you've got the, the new sort of startup that's going to go, that grow rapidly and, you know, you're in an industry where there's a, there's a lot of activity already happening and that's not the norm. So if you think you're an exception to the norm, why is that, right? It's probably faulty expectations and looking for the, what is it? What does Anton say? Nugget hunting. Nugget hunting, yeah. There's people that do, but you can always you can tell afterwards that there were a few parts of their business that were working really well that were just bottlenecked by something. And yeah. so they had a lot of potential already that's just been manifested. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So there we go. How to deal with a client that is too big for their boots. It smells so nice. Is it eucalyptus? Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) How would you know that? I just Pepper, feel like it's the kind of... and eucalyptus essential oils. Yeah, it feels like it's the kind of thing that they would 
they would use in a hand cream for crossfitters like they're not going to use patchouli or like lavender or something so it's it's great because i haven't had touch wood i haven't had a callus pop on me since i've used it and I, it used they used to plague me like i would build up callus and then one heavy deadlift gone blood all over the barbell blood all over my shin can't finish my set can't train the next day but thanks so to wood welder we're not we're not it's not an affiliate thing i just really like how it smells <laughs> and because it smells nice i do it every day uh, i'm sure james clear said something about that <laughs> make it nice environment design yeah i leave it on my desk so it's easy it's in in sight i get it excuse me i get a reward from it because it smells nice so i do it every day pretty good if only business was like that if only there was a program that made it really easy to do and like, the two people that were, like the, the, who made it were really nice <laughs> and it was it, they had it a was, good podcast it required a bit of work but it, and it takes, takes a modicum of time but it's simple mm. and it's all laid out for you and yeah if only if only that existed maybe we should make it and we'll call it instead of propane fitness we'll call it propane business and then people ah. can apply by going to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast fantastic idea <laughs> let's do that and then by the time this goes this airs people can do that brilliant amazing <laughs> Well, if you're listening, you could, you could always try the link, see if it works, you know, propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and just see what happens. Or I suppose like the other, the other way is to just try on your own for 10 years. That's what we did. Or we tried initially. <laughs> just took ages. Speaking of taking ages, this has been quite a long episode, but hopefully it's been useful. Bye. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.